0: Hey everyone, it's Tony. Before we get into tonight's show, I just want to remind you once again to go to your favorite podcatcher, hit subscribe, and leave us a happy review. You know those happy reviews help us rise in the charts so more people can enjoy the show just like you. When you're done doing that, go to Facebook and Twitter and give us a follow and a like. We also have a new Facebook fan page where you can join the conversation about these shows. I would really encourage everybody to go join that group. If you want to be on the show, there's two ways to go about doing that. You can either email me directly at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the website, which is theconfessionalspodcast.com, go to the connection section, and you can email me that way as well. I really hope everybody enjoys show.
1: the show of a lonely night? Are you willing to sacrifice your
0: life?
1: They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clean. Therefore, for the rest of the world,
0: you guys hear that? He's out there. That is a Sasquatch. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's show. I really hope everybody had a great week. My week kind of got off to a rough start. On Sunday morning, I woke up with a sore throat, and it kind of just carried through for the rest of the week. It made recording a little difficult this week, and you'll hear it in the interview. My voice will squeak and crack a few times. I apologize for that, and I really hope that it doesn't take away from the quality of the interview for you guys. And if you've noticed this week, the social media aspect of things, the Facebook, the Twitter, it's been really kicked up a notch. And a lot of that credit goes to my wife, Lindsay. She's been really helping me organize things and keeping the posts consistent so that you guys can have a more pleasurable experience with the confessionals online. So when you see her on Facebook and Twitter, you know, give her a follow. Let her know you appreciate her efforts because without her helping me with this show, the show would not be nearly as good for you guys to listen to. So just give her a thumbs up when you see her. And speaking of connecting with me online, I've been getting some emails regarding the mashup song at the end of my episodes. It seems like a lot of people seem to like it, so I'm just going to continue to make those mashup songs of the interview during the episode. And I hope you guys continue to enjoy it, but thanks for those emails. I was really encouraged by them. Now tonight's show, we're having Jonathan Odom come on. Jonathan Odom is a Bigfoot investigator out of the state of Alabama. The first time I ever heard Jonathan Odom speak was on Sasquatch Chronicles being interviewed by Wes Germer. When I heard his stories, I knew I had to reach out and talk to him just to pick his brain. I really was happy I did because we developed a friendship over time, and now he's going to be coming on the show to share some of his encounters that he's had in the state of Alabama. I'll tell you what, guys, this is a great show, and Jonathan has some great stories to share. I really hope you enjoy it, and let's get to it. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm trying to get over a cold right now. So hopefully my voice doesn't sound too bad tonight. So you're you're a Bigfoot investigator. And uh, you've been doing this for some time now. And you've been getting a lot of great experiences and great videos on your YouTube channel. Uh, and I'm really glad that you came on tonight to talk about some of these experiences with me and the audience. Uh, I think the best course of action is to just uh, start off with your first experience, your first Bigfoot experience, uh, when you were a kid. So if you could just walk us into that, that'd be great.
1: Oh yeah. And, uh, before I get on, thanks for having me, Tony. Uh, I love the work you're doing and, uh, appreciate you having me on. My first time seeing Bigfoot was, uh, with me and my father, uh, me and my father liked to, um, uh, fly fish for rock bass. Up in Franklin County, Alabama, we would, uh, put a little trolling motor on a little flat bottom boat. We would go around these little, uh, rocky outcroppings and we would flash, uh, fly fish for, for rock bass. And one morning we were fly fishing and we went around a corner and, uh, there was something in the water and it stood up and looked at me and my dad. And, uh, it was kind of like a cinnamon Chewbacca. That's what I, I told people. And it looked at us and, um, uh, I kind of looked at us and we kind of floated. I remember, you know, my dad had cut the motor off. We were just coasting and got up and walked right up the bank. Uh, The bank was about a 45 degree angle. And it got up and just walked right up the bank. And I remember, I think it kind of looked back and just disappeared in the bush. And um, years later, we never did really talk about it. And I've looked back on my memory from seeing this thing and talked to my dad hundreds of times now, now that I'm doing the Bigfoot thing on YouTube. And we, we never did talk about it. That's what was very strange about it. And, you know, when I talked to Wes, he was like, you know, that happens quite a bit. But that's how I kind of got started uh, with Bigfoot, uh, seeing it with my father. You know, when I talked with my father, and he's like, yeah, yeah I remember that happened. And it was such a surreal uh, experience because we – you know, I guess we kept fishing and we didn't you know, we didn't really think about it and that's how I got started with the, with the Bigfoot. I always had a um uh, an interest in the paranormal as a child. And uh once that happened, you know, the Bigfoot thing kinda took off. And so that was kind of what got me interested in Bigfoot. Uh the Bear Creek Lakes at Franklin County where we would fish it was very remote. And it holds an attribute. And I look back now that a lot of the lakes that I'm filmed around with my YouTube channel now, and it's these, a lot of these lakes are very remote uh, and usually in bowls with high hills around them. And I've had a lot of experiences like that, just like I did when I was a child uh, with these kind of lakes. Uh, I look back in that area now, and there is a lot of reports. Of a creature in that area, so that's yeah, that's kind of how I got started with Bigfoot as a child. Uh, me and my dad had a heck of an experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when that happened and stuff, do you remember like what your feeling was? Was it fear, curiosity, confusion, uh, and and also did you look at your dad? Did you see his face? Like how how was his? Because you guys didn't talk about, it, but could you tell what his reaction was by you know the presence?
1: It was, it was uh, just being stunned completely. And, And, and I don't remember looking at my dad's and I don't remember really doing anything. I do remember being stunned because when I had the experience that I had this, this last February with the juvenile that I saw before I started filming for the YouTube channel, it was the same experience. It's, uh, a feeling of just being stunned. It's like somebody just hits you in the bo- in, in the face with a with a board. It's just stunned. And now, after interviewing, you know, lots and lots of people, after seeing these creatures and talking with Wes about how the the I call it the psychology of an experience. Uh, you're, you're stunned, and, and the, you're just stunned because. Uh, Everything is normal in your life till that happens. Whether <clears throat> it is a Bigfoot experience, seeing a ghost, seeing a UFO, and it, it changes everything. Now, at the time when I was a child, it it, <clears throat> it didn't make a much of an impact on my life because before then, way before then, I had a lot of paranormal experiences, and I look back now and see why it didn't really, uh, affect me like that. Now, when I interview people now, the first thing you do is you don't, don't talk about it usually. And I think that as in a Bigfoot investigator, that's one of the things that I, that I really take pride in is getting people to talk because it, it messes up your, um, <clears throat> it messes up your belief system in a, in a way. I have a I have a man that approached me a couple of months ago. He's a prominent, Pastor in the the town that I live in, contacted me to my YouTube channel through the Gmail, met him up at the local Chick fil A, went and had coffee, and he says, "Uh, Mr. Odom, I need to talk to you about something. Now, this man's got a a doctorate in theology, so he knows his biblical stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll meet him and try to see what's going on. And he told me, he said, Mr. Odom, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a UFO in the field going to Ragland, which is a town that's close to us. And I was like, really? He said, yes, sir. And he said, it's kind of uh, messed me up. And and I knew right then exactly what he was talking about, because here's a man that's got a doctorate in theology, and he's, he's a UFO. And I knew exactly how to help him. And I, and I hope that don't sound cocky or any, any shape, form, or fashion, but You know, I told him, I said, I didn't really know what to tell him, but I told him that I understood what had happened to him, and I I, I basically told him, I said, just pray on it. So I got with him about a month later, and he was a complete different person, and he he was opened up to the fact that something had happened that had really uh, breached his sphere of what he thought was right and introduced something that was totally different. Pardon me, I'm sorry. So I, I, there's a psychology of a of an experience of when you see Bigfoot, UFO, or the paranormal. They kind of it kind of stuns you. And this guy, you know, he was responsible for seven or eight hundred people in his church. He couldn't just quit. And so I've become really good friends with him, and really, and I've really talked to that angle about what are you experiencing, and it's really given me insight with people that see these things because. Like I was a child, like my dad, it totally rocks your world. It stuns you because life is so ordered and then when something crazy happens, it's chaos. But then again, once it's chaos, it kind of it gets back to normal. So I mean, does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact I, I almost can relate with that that uh that pastor a little bit because of my background you know I went to seminary I was studying to be a pastor at one time and so walking down this path of exploring the unknown the fringe side of life if you will uh I went through a lot of the similar psychological things where it's like what am I doing should this be affecting my faith and if it if it should how so and I actually I uh, was able to encounter some people that could keep me on the proper path, but also help me focus my mind in the right way so that I could think clearly about this stuff while I pursue it. So, yeah, I could definitely, definitely relate to that guy.
1: And, and, it, and it's crazy because, um, and so I had the experience with my dad. And then I had a, a very good long career and had some crazy stuff happening. And then, like last February, is when I seen the juvenile. It was almost like I was meant to see it. And I think the pitch I posted the picture on my my YouTube channel. And so I started really filming, uh, looking at reports, uh, doing a lot of my own research, and you know, found my niche, how to do it. And and you know, I guess the rest is history. But it was but the, the psychology of. Of an experience, you know, really fascinates me because it it, it follows a pattern, usually, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you mentioned the the juvenile. Uh, why don't you just walk us into that story and uh, mm-hmm. share with us how that kind of unfolded? Because I think it's a fascinating encounter.
1: Well, I I was around a lake that's uh, in the Talley National Forest, close to one of the highest points in Alabama. And I was going up the a tributary that actually feeds the lake. And uh, I was going along the path. Uh, you know, I got my shoes wet and all that in the middle of the stream. And I've always been interested in, in new areas. And I, I come across, I come up, and it's sitting to the left. And my one thing about my eyes, I always pick up movement really fast. The business I used to be in, you you, you have to be able to pick up movement or... And get hurt. So it it turned its head and looked at me. And that's what's so weird about it. And it was just sitting there. It turned its head and looked at me. And then it was almost like it was saying, take a picture. Now, I'm not... I don't know necessarily to believe in some of the speak stuff because it has not happened to me yet. And at this point, anything's possible. And so I got my camera and I took a picture. But then got up and moved. And I didn't think about taking another picture. What was crazy is it just moved right off straight in front of me. And I've had a lot of people on the the YouTube contact me, uh, comment, well, why didn't you do anything? You know, and I I was stunned. You know, and that kind of brought back all the feelings from when I was a child with my dad seeing the first one. And it was definitely a little bitty when it was not very big at all. Oh, and just walked off. And what was funny uh, is it, it didn't, Tony. It didn't. It didn't just take off running. It just walked off. And in that moment that it walked off, I remember just watching it walk off and knock one instance. Think to bring my camera because you know, you know, like I said with West, you know, there's all these guys that have so much bravado. Well, you know, I would shoot the son of a blah blah blah. You know. And a lot of times, even after then, the three or four good encounters that I've had that I've seen it and I've heard it more than that, you it I don't know, it's just a special time. It's, you don't really think about nothing. You once it happens, you relieve it a million times in your mind. You know, so that's when I thought, you know what? I'm I'm retired. So I basically I, I wanna do this. I want to uh to hunt it and I started you know the rest is history.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I can I can relate to that. I mean for instance when you see an accident of some kind whether it's a car accident or you know somebody slipping and falling it, your first reaction isn't to whip out your phone and take pictures of it. Well, most of the time, you know, your first reaction is yeah. is that person okay or you know you're you're just observing what just happened in front of you. You're taking it in. So I can imagine it's a very similar thing.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, and afterwards, uh, if you talk to any kind of investigator, police investigator, detective, the best time to interview somebody after an experience is 24 hours afterwards. And actually, they will teach you that in the police academy. So, 24 hours afterwards is when I really started taking a lot of my notes because I wanted to make sure that I got it accurate. And then, I started uh, actively hunting around that lake and interviewing some of the people that lived around the lake. And it's a very active area to this, you know, to this day still. So, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I look at that picture, and I'm actually looking at it right now. I pulled it up. I mean, it definitely, I mean, <laughs> it's probably one of the better pictures I've, I've seen uh, as of late. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. Like, you can really see... Uh, this little juvenile kind of slouched down there. It's really, it's really incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it really is. And that whole area, if you go back into the, a lot of the Native American history in uh, in that area, they they talk about these creatures, and you know, and it it, it brings this the age old question: Is it a physical thing? Is it spiritual or, or whatever? And it's very hard to say. I mean. I've got audio recordings out there that I've you know left my audio recorders out there for a long time and I've heard them doing the owl calls and then I've heard the, we've heard the bombing birds so many times where they, they call back and forth to each other we've heard it live five or six times while we're out there in the dark and it's always uh, <coughs> pardon me it's always a thrill because you know they're close but you don't know how close they are And it's, you know, with my team, with my guys, uh, Bill and John and Alex, we'll be out there and we'll hear them. And we know they're close. Uh, And this is not the new area that we're in. This is is an old area. And we'll hear them. But it's like every time there is nothing like that thrill. You know, it brings it all back. And Bill and John and Alex have yet to see one, but, man, they've heard a lot you know, a lot of times the first time I took them out, they've heard it and it just blows them away. And it's, it's a cool experience. It's a, uh, it's very humbling. Cause you know, there's something else in the world besides you, you know, it's really awesome.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I, I imagine having a sighting like that, uh, definitely, you know, keeps you going. I <laughs> I don't, you don't get bored when you see something like that.
1: And it, and it yeah, and it, it doesn't, you know, I'm up to, I think it's a, Ninety or a hundred videos now, and every time I go out, I, I expect to see it. Now, sometimes I don't. I'll see a lot of sign, and I'll hear a lot of weird things, and I'll have some uh, unbelievable experiences. But it, oh, yeah, it's definitely it's uh, it's very you know it's a lot of adrenaline involved. Somebody asked me I think last night, "Do you, how do you prepare?" And actually, I don't. I do a lot of. St- I study topo maps a lot because the guys depend on me to get them there and get them back. Uh, I study topo map maps a lot, and that's pretty much the only preparedness I do. It's just uh, preparing that way, make sure we get in the good operation and out without nobody getting hurt and getting some good evidence. Uh, one of the strangest things that happened up around the Kenneby, I have a video. Up on YouTube that's real controversial, apparently, where I'm sitting in my truck, and I, I think I, I'm looking at a tree structure to the right. There's a limb in the tree that is cut, and I've told everybody on YouTube, I know that limb is cut, but what is odd is it's placed in the fork of a tree and pushed down, and this tree is like three or four inches uh, wide, and it's pushed down with such a force that it has split the tree. So I'm filming this thing, and a stick hits my truck, the side of my truck. And I'm like, crap. I get out, and I start looking. I, and I know something is around because because I can hear it, and I can see it. I hear it moving. I can't. I just can't see it. So I get back in my truck, and you see my camera. I hang my camera out side of my truck, and I'm, I pull down, start pulling down. And so the video ends after about three or four minutes, so I upload it to YouTube. So all of a sudden, I get all these emails and comments on YouTube. Man, what was that at 2.32? I I, I don't know if that was the exact time stamp, and I was like, well, I don't know. I had to go look, so I go look. And there's a bush I'm filming that moves down and up, like something steps to it. And man, Tony, when I saw that, I was like, oh crap. It put a whole different spin on it because, you know, it was real with something hitting the side of my truck. But once I got there, I didn't even see that when I uploaded it. And so there's been a lot of controversy about Bigfoot and cloaking, which I don't know. But I definitely got something on film, the Bush movie. I mean, something walks through there. You just can't see it. So that was up by Chinnabee too. That was a very crazy experience because then every time I went out, you know, i started looking. Okay, man, is there something there that's not really there? Is it cloaked? But it's 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 crazy. you know what? It, it's video evidence. You can't dispute that. You
0: know, right now, seeing that in the video, does it did it have have any kind of effect on you? Did when you went back to the area? Were you a little freaked out at all, or were you more on your toes, uh, or were you just, you know, going about yourself business as usual?
1: I, I I was freaked out a tad, and I was also freaked out because I knew that it was possible once I caught it in video, and that kind of that does freak you out because you start thinking of David Pilates missing four one one. Am I going to be one of these missing guys? And around that time, some of the forest service workers started telling me this interesting phenomenon that I talk about in a couple of my videos where the forest shimmers. Now, there's a couple of guys in Florida that's doing YouTube videos that have caught this on camera, too. And what it is, is the forest service workers would tell me, if you see this shimmering noise, don't go toward it. And I would ask them. I'd be like, okay, now. You just can't tell me something like that, guys, and tell me not to go toward it. I mean, my life's in danger. And they would never talk about it. So when I would go out swimming, I would see this happen several, several times. Now, it was not heat signature. I know what that is. In the summertime in the South, it's hot as hell. It wasn't that. It would be a square box that would simmer. And I've got it in several of my videos. So with the cloaking that I saw, and then with them telling me about the shimmering, yeah, that that got me real apprehension because I would think, okay, am I going to go through something and disappear and never see my family again? And so, yeah, there was some apprehension because it kind of put a whole new spin on it at that point. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the forest workers. Do you have a good relationship with them?
1: I do. And, and, and the reason I do is because... Um, I'm not a butthead to them. I try to bring them coffee when I can, when I know they're at the ranger station, because a lot of them mass at the ranger station go clear out trails every Friday, and they do other things during the week. And, and I try to foster that relationship because if you're nice to them, you, know, you never know. I may need one these guys come pull me out of the woods, and I see a lot of them on the trail. And a lot of them... Are very nice once you get to know them, and they know you're just not going to blab about stuff that you say. I've got, them, there's a lot of stuff they've told me that I haven't even told people, you know. So yes, I do. I try to uh, really foster them in the kind of relationships because they, they pay dividends, especially if I got out there and got hurt, and they give you, they're a good uh, barometer about about what's happening in the area because they're out there every day, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's something that I've never really pursued. Uh, building a relationship with the forest workers and it's something maybe I should consider doing in the future here. Uh, when, you, when you're when you talking about the shimmers, are you talking about like sort of like these uh, these lights that people describe?
1: Uh, no, it, it's more like a rectangle. It's very odd. I wish I could show you. I've got it. I, I videotaped it several times. Some people can see it, some people cannot see. It's just like a square box in the woods and it's shimmering. It's almost like something is, it's almost like you see around it, but if you look closely, you can see it actually shimmering. It's almost like an invisible TV out there, but it's, you can see through it, you can see this, you know, you can see what's behind it. It just shimmers. It's hard to explain.
0: Wow.
1: It it, it really, really is, but I never go toward them because them guys tell me, have you ever seen, but you know what, I still to this day can't get them to tell me and I even, I've even threatened them. Hey, man, now, my life, can, my life could be in danger. What? They're just like, don't go toward them. And these are guys that have lived their life clearing trails in the bush. You know, because it, cause it, it makes you wonder, okay, what do you guys know that you're not telling me? You know, it right. opens up a whole can of worms. You know, it really does.
0: Yeah, that, that, I can imagine. Hmm. I, I can't imagine that somebody coming to me that's in the know saying, hey, when you see this, don't go near it. And then you actually see it and you're, you know, and part of you is curious and you, and you want to know what it is, but the other party's is like, well, they said to stay away from it and they warned me that this was going to happen and it did. So I guess I should not oh, yeah. go near it.
1: Yeah, and what's weird is, you know, once they found out and they would see my truck and they would stop or I would see them and stop and give them waters, once they found out what I was doing, you know what? They wouldn't, they didn't act surprised. One be and I and I, I that's one thing that really struck me right off the bat is you know a couple of times I told them I'm ghost hunting they didn't bat an eye and then I got braver and I'm like, well I'm looking for this creature and they still didn't bat an eye and I was like Uh, okay that's weird <laughs> you know privately I'm saying well they didn't even they didn't even bat an eye well that, that's just crazy you know and I knew I knew then something was up. I knew that they knew a little bit more probably in in than than what they've let known,
0: you know. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, undoubtedly they know. Uh it's their it's okay. their it's their job to know and it's that's why uh they're probably giving you a friendly heads up with that uh with that shimmer. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> oh yeah. And you know in a lot of times this new area that we're in uh we're getting some fantastic vocals and I've seen some stuff out there and, uh, I've seen these forest servers work. They'll come down and they'll clear trees out. And, uh, this new area, they told me the other day, uh, they said, yeah, we've, we've heard some, we've heard some strange screams on that, that road. Now this is after I started getting all this crazy audio, you know, and I was like, really? And by that point, uh, this new area that we're in, and and I'd like to talk about it with this, these new videos that we're in, is a valley that is about 10 feet long, not 10 feet long, 10, 10 miles long <laughs> and 3 miles wide. Yeah, and it's very remote. It's a part of the National Forest where there's a there's a road coming from the top the to north, a road coming from the south, and they're both blocked off. And so for a long time, I've had some just... Odd feelings about this patch of woods, and I don't know if it's instinct or what. So, I a uh, couple of months a couple of months ago, we did our first this investigation that y'all seen uh, Saturday night. We uh, it's our first time in that area, and so we we uh, <clears throat> got our gear together, parked the truck. It was night. It was really late, <clears throat> locked and loaded, got cameras ready, and go. And we drop off in this little. King, and it was really steep. We got to the bottom of it, and we started headed toward this water where I wanted to place an audio recorder. And this one of the strangest things that we found in the video is that there's a tree structure that's bent over, but there's another tree that is grafted into it. And it is the first time that I've ever seen any kind of uh, Bigfoot structure like this where a tree is grafted into another tree. Never seen it before in my life. And on the video that I posted this last Saturday, you can see it. So once we saw that, I told the guys, "So we need to be careful, something's odd about that. And then they started getting really uh, antsy. And I think the world of my guys, if something happens to me or something happens to them, we're gonna get them out of. I feel, really feel like they're a good team. So we started going on this slot, canyon and to the left and right of us, about so this about five feet of 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 uh, real estate that we're walking on, and the side goes straight up. It's a perfect, perfect ambush point. Perfect. Something could ambush easy. So we get into a stream. We cross the little stream in this canyon, and I take the recorder out, put it in a bag, take a paracord, and I start push play. I tell Bill and him, Bill, if y'all go north, we're going south keep radio contact, keep silent, and everything will be all right. So they take off, and me and John go south, and all of a sudden, we get 100 yards apart, we hear these crazy screams. Mm. And I thought, oh, crap, Bill or Alex has stepped into a hole and broke her leg. And uh, on the video, you can hear it. And so it went on for about two or three minutes. And so Uh, I was able to get it on the audio recorder and on my camera and John didn't get it on his camera. So we heard this crazy scream and then all of a sudden all the cameras went off. Three different cameras, Tony, went off. Couldn't get them to come back on. Couldn't get anything to come back on. Went off. And so uh, me and John sitting there trying to, you know, talking about... Uh, the next plan of action, because we were out there without nothing, so we were just having an experience. And John starts calling Beal. And so, <laughs> pardon me, uh, he says, calling Beal. And I turn around, and I'm scanning with a fleer, because we know this thing probably has to be pretty close to us. And all of a sudden, I hear this audible growl. And I turned around and grabbed John, and he's like, what? What's wrong with you? I was like, dude, you didn't hear that? And he's like, nope. And so he did not hear this growl. So at that point, we were really freaked out. And you know you know, John on video, he's a big guy, ex-wrestler, 6'4", 6'5", 2". I mean, he's huge. So we, we got out of there. We called Bill. We got at the extraction point. We, we got out of there. We got back to the truck and we started talking about what happened. And uh, apparently when they, me, Bill and Alex heard it, it was in front of them and you can hear the, the howls and it's just god awful crazy howls and uh, they could hear it. It was up on the ridge just cutting up. They heard a lot more audio than we did than when we picked up. So we were like, oh, my God. And we were just stoked because it was so close. And so then we went home. And and this is an odd thing that we experienced this one time that is very, uh, very unusual. The week after we did that hunt, we got into it like a knockdown drag out. Now, anytime we're out filming, I'm the man, I'm the boss. Everybody goes, because I'm, I answer for, I feel like I answer for everybody because it's important to be, you know, safe out there, right? So we, we wanted each other just others' throats to the point. I called a meeting. I said, we're going to meet. What, what is going on? So we met and everything was smoothed out. And this hunt here. Was just odd because all of a sudden there was almost like a uh, spiritual dimension to it. I mean, we've hunted a lot. We've, we're best buddies. If one of us gets hurt, we're going to drag each other out of the woods. And we, we, we really talked about it. And we, we figured out that whatever was in the woods was it Bigfoot? I don't know. Was it something else? I don't know. But it, it negatively influenced us. It was the first time ever that happened. And we made sure, we went out again, that we, we fixed that. And that's why that footage uh, took so long to come, out, to come out. Pardon me. Now, John's camera was recording, but there was no audio. My camera was recording, but it just quit. And we got back to editing, put it all together, and the uh, files were corrupted. Never had that happen before. I spent like two days savaging the files. So we got able to get the audio uh, and all of that. And so to close the story up, this stuff that we're hearing in this new area, we don't know what it is. It seems to be Bigfoot related. But then again, it's the first time as a team we were at each other's throats. So we, we thought maybe it's something else. And as a precaution now, we kind of take pre- pre- precautions, each of us, religiously, to protect ourselves. And so this area, I keep putting out audio recorders and getting some unbelievable, fantastic audio. But it's different from what we heard This, this posted this last Saturday night. So I don't know what it is. But it affected us in a weird sort of way that we've never been affected, so it kind of makes you wonder is it spiritual <laughs> or is it physical?
0: yeah, I mean especially with you know your your equipment going out like that, and uh that's never happened before, right that's what you said that that was the first time it's happened
1: i've had to, I've had batteries drain like in within seconds, but not like that, no, not with corrupted footage because I filmed the next day and it was fine. Yeah, so that was the first time that's ever happened. Oh. You know? So, we can't hear these, these howls that are different from anything we've ever heard before. And Bill said the other day, he said, hey, is it a blank? And I'm not going to say it. People can figure it out. And it makes me wonder. I mean, because you go hunting Bigfoot, and the paranormal shows up. You go hunting paranormal to Bigfoot. So... One thing about this, uh, these type of investigations, I'll be the first to admit it, is it gets strange sometimes. I know there's a whole big debate going on now in the Bigfoot community about the woo factor. And there's, there's some camp that that is not woo, and there's some camps that believe that it is not. I'm in the camp that I've had a lot of stuff happen on video. That I, you know, I don't know. It's one of them age-old debates that, are that, that you know, goes through the Bigfoot community that, that we'd like to tear ourselves apart over, you know? So, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some strange things going on. Now, uh, the... When you said about the the tree that you saw, the the stick figure that was grafted together, could you describe that a little bit more? Like, what do you mean by grafted? Like, was it like woven together? Is that what you mean?
1: No, no, it, it's bent over. If you watch the video, it's bent over, and it's uh, bent over, and there's another tree that's bent over into it that has grown into it. They're grown together, but gotcha. so, no, it's not interrobed. It's grown together. It's the first time ever that I've seen this kind of tree structure ever, you know, and um, it, I mean, they're actually, the trees are bent over into each other and they're growing as one.
0: That's really yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's the first time I've ever seen it. I spent a lot of time in the woods. First time I've ever seen anything like this. You know, does it have something to do with the house? Uh, you know, I don't know. I have to consider that you know? I mean, I, don't, I, I just don't know. That's what's frustrating so much. You know, you get these calls, and you're like, what is it? And me, Bill, and John, and Alex have listened to over, God, three or four hundred hours of recordings of different animals, and there's nothing. Nothing that's been classified, except mm-hmm. there's a lot of Bigfoot calls that sound like it. There's a lot of Dogman calls that sound like it. So... You
0: know, sometimes it's incredibly frustrating <laughs> you, know? Sure. Yeah. you know the, the growl that uh, your partner didn't hear but you heard do you think that yeah. was do you think uh, that could have been some kind of different I don't know I, I guess for lack of better words frequency that maybe you're more sensitive to that he isn't I mean people talk about the, the whole infrasound thing uh, do you think it could have been something like that or do you think it was just that he wasn't paying attention
1: no I think it was I think he didn't hear it because it was loud, and what was weird is I had the flare out the whole time. I mean, there was nothing showing up on the flare. If it was if it was throwing off heat, I would have saw it. I think it was infrasound because when we were getting to the extraction point and waiting for Bill and Alex to get there, he got deathly ill throwing up, and I was like, "Are you all right?" And 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 he he's never throwing up. Anyway, I said, "Was something you eat?" And he was like, "No." We got back to the truck. And he was fine. And he just, you no, know, so no, I know he didn't hear it. I heard it. But it all fit into the realm of the paranormal.
0: Right. You know,
1: with the, with the being physically the sick and me hearing the growl, and he didn't. And another thing about that area, and I've been there several times now by myself during the day, is that night it was a full moon. We take a log of everything, all the conditions, and it was a full moon. And that night though, it was just the woods felt evil, and I remember John saying that to me. So, to the point, I was like, Sh- "Shut up, <laughs> we're out here <laughs> until we get back in the truck. Let's talk about let's talk about it in the truck." And they did, and then and, and then after, especially after hearing that that howl, you know, and John's like, "John's never said that, you know, he's a big old guy." I'm like, "Okay, don't be talking that crap. You're bigger than me, man. <laughs> you know." It was, it was it was just odd for him to say that
0: you know <laughs> yeah i mean do you think the the idea of it possibly being infrasound is the reason why your moods were affected is that the same t- is that the same night yeah oh
1: yeah 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 i think so maybe maybe so you know i don't i don't know because you know i I was worried that we had got something attached to us. You know, I got some friends that investigate the paranormal. Been investigating paranormal for twenty years, and they—pardon <laughs> me—they talk about stuff. Make sure you don't get anything attached to you. You know, that's not really. Except, you know, that don't work in the woods. But then again, we start taking precautions now because maybe that does work in the woods. You know. I mean, maybe something attached to sound. I don't know. It was, it was such a weird night, and there were so many flags that went on, you know. And then once we figured out and got everything, we got everything sorted through. It was just stupid. We looked at each other and said, what the heck are we fucking with each other? Because it was just stupid we are being like that. Are you kidding me? Really? You know, so now before we go in the woods, each of us, you know, we take care of ourselves spiritually just in case. You know, because after this one, it was just odd. You know.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, it definitely, definitely sounds like a, a good thing to be, to be doing. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Between okay. your new area and your old area, what what are the pros and cons? I mean, is there an area right now that you you favor over the other, or um, you know, yeah. okay. does each area bring different attributes? Uh,
1: definitely, this one. Okay. This area is more remote. It's more uh it's more out there. It takes me longer to get to. Uh, if I get hurt if I'm out there filming in this area and something happens to me, I'm in a world of hurt. I mean and I've got the GPS now that you can I can push the button and somebody'll come rescue me. The other area is tame compared to this one. This one is a whole different slit Um, uh, with the uh the remoteness of it, and the just the uh, being so far out there. So yeah, definitely, this area here is. Uh, I'm not I, I, usually I'm not one to stay in an area. I, I jump around for four or five different areas, but this is an area that I'm going to stay in as long as I possibly need to because it's it's that active. And in Alabama, that's very unusual, especially, in, but it's very remote. I can see why it's acting, because it's just very remote. And uh there's not a lot of, except for the one-stick structure, that's pretty much the, the only stick structure within 15 miles that we have actually found. But what we're getting on the audio recorders, the high-wolves, and what we've heard live, and some of the stuff that I've seen, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's definitely this area. This area is, is hot for us, and uh, we're afraid the Forest Service is going to shut the road down, because we've had that happen before, you know, so we're trying to be very discreet going to this place and, you know, taking the back roads and everything, because I don't, because my, my, my fear is that we're going to come to it and it's going to be locked, the gate's going to be locked, and then we'll have to go around it with a uh, mule or something. Yeah,
0: definitely this area. Wow, that that's really cool. I mean I I'm I'm constantly looking for an area like that up here in PA. I mean uh the guy I usually go out with, he has found uh tracks in the snow. I think it was Christmas Eve two thousand fifteen. Uh and they're they're pretty I think the stride length was forty six inches, I believe. Uh it's pretty 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 big. But um, you know, I've never I've never been there to see it, you know, and I'm I'm looking for an area that I can actually have an experience like that Mm -hmm. in, but I'll I'll find it. The, The key is getting out there. And that's something that with my work schedule makes it difficult at times.
1: Oh yeah. Well, now that the, the, the channel is taking off like it is, I've got a lot of reports from within 15 miles of my area where there's a lake that people are telling me that, uh, there was a guy fishing and he heard a stinking dinosaur roar. That's what this guy told me. He said, I heard mm-hmm. a dinosaur roar. Wow. And I played him the clip that we had, and it's almost the same thing. So, oh, yeah, to have a hunt very close, that's a dream of mine. Oh, Lord, that's a dream. Because I drive right now about an hour and ten minutes each way uh, when I'm hunting. So that's that's Steph. Uh, that's I, I, I know you. I feel you, brother. I yeah. do. <laughs>
0: Exactly. That's about what I drive, too. I drive about an hour, 15, hour, and 20 minutes to get to the area. So, yeah, one closer would be definitely a dream. But uh, let me rewind a little bit here. I remember when we were talking Mm -hmm. earlier, you mentioned about uh, an aggressive encounter on a trail. Did you want to go into that at all?
1: Yeah. Uh, One of my videos, I have, I think it's aggressive bigfoot encounter. I can't remember what it was. There's a lot of redendrons in the shot. And basically... As I remember it, as I I was walking down a trail and I saw it on the trail, I actually thought it was a person and it darted off to the left and I heard it crunching off into the woods. And I thought, well, this is some person and I heard a growl I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that was not a person. And so I backed off and uh, I started heading back toward the car and this this area, this place here is actually... Not even a thousand yards on a major trail system, but a thousand yards from the parking lot where you parked your vehicle to get on the trail. So I started heading back, and there's some rhododendron bushes that are just look like a little area for a nest. And not like a nest, but an area to hide in. So I, I, I got, I started headed back into this little thing, and I started noticing these crazy X's inside the nest. And I heard it growl again. But this time, on camera, I could see it in front of me, about 10 or 15 feet peering out to the right uh, of a tree. And I actually could see it. And I heard it growl like two or three times. And then I was like, "Uh uh-oh, no, no, I'm getting out of here. In that place actually, I actually scooted out of that place pretty fast because it... It, it it had the tactical advantage. And but that was uh that was a crazy encounter because number one I saw it take off the, to the left of the trail, heard it crunching around, I could hear it crunching, and then I went in this little redendron grove and seen the stick structures and saw it again, then it growled at me again and then I got out of there. But you know what? No there's been no reports of any kind of uh, sightings there. So I don't know if it was a one-time deal or what, but it was, I was a freaky little counter. Up until that point, I didn't didn't really believe that Bigfoot was aggressive. And after that, I I had another experience at Pine Glen where I had a growl, uh, but I couldn't see it. I could hear it. It growled at me two or three times. I actually got in on audio. I just couldn't. And it's odd to have the, the growls like that because you cannot find it. You're like, okay, where's that? And, uh, so that was my two aggressive encounters. It, it's, it's crazy because it's got the tactical advantage. You can't see it. You know, what do you do? Just let it get you, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, let me ask you a question. Uh, going back to your, your very first encounter and also the encounter with the juvenile, uh, were you able to see the faces at all? And if you were, uh, could you describe what you saw?
1: What the first encounter I had with my dad, I did see the face. It was, uh, it was like a like a Chewbacca, all long hair, all long. There was no exposed skin or anything like this. It was basically a baby Chewbacca. The second one, the juvenile that I saw in Chinnabee, was the same way. Just all hair. There was no exposed brow. Uh, like the one that I saw. Above Chinnabee, the one I saw above be actually had a suppose, brow. The, the juvenile that I saw in February just was all hair, all over the body. I saw a little black nose, and that—that's all, you know. But yeah, just hair all over the place, even on his face.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, I, I have. Uh, I want to bring up something that I'm very interested in, and uh, <laughs> you've mentioned before about seeing. Uh, a little green man, and I want you to go into this story and uh, share with the audience what you saw, where were you. Uh, just tell us this story, please.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I, I kind of mentioned it with uh, Wes. We have, were doing a paranormal investigation at Horse Creek Cemetery, which uh, had a lot of ghosts, had a lot of weird things around it, and we were doing a paranormal ghost Bigfoot uh Expedition, not expedition, but we were filming like that. So hold on a second. Something's going by me. So we were going down the, to where this uh, little stream was, and I was talking with Bill, and uh, had my camera, and I actually saw this little green man on the bank. And when I told the story to Wes, I, I think he misunderstood me. I did not see it through the camera. I saw it with my, you know, with my own eyes. The camera was was on and the scanning, I was not recording, but I, I, I brung it around and it was about, it was about a foot, foot and a half high, tall, tall and it was a little green man. I have a camera in one hand, a high-powered flashlight in one and I saw it just for like a half a second, two seconds and it was gone. And I gasped when I did it and Bill was like, what's wrong? Bill was right behind me, John was behind him, I said, I just saw a little green man. He was like, really? Well, you know, that's how the UFO thing got started with little green men. And, I mean, I just thought, but when we were, when I saw it, we were on the road going down to the stream, and there was an embankment up to the right, the the, the road come up like a foot, then it fell sharply behind and so yeah, I was scanning with the light, the camera, and just saw it just for a second. And then it was gone. And actually I don't know how it disappeared. I don't know if it just jumped off behind. But it was perfectly about a foot and a half tall. And perfect features, human features. And it was a little green man. <laughs> I know that sounds odd, but it was. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, that's that's I mean <laughs> I just find that so fascinating. Uh it's... Something that you can't, you can't even really imagine, uh, setting out to see, you know, it just, when it happens, I can only imagine, uh, you're just dumbfounded.
1: Oh yeah. It, it was pitch dark. And let me, t- let me add another element to this story. Okay. I'm up here in Gatlin Park, right? So me and the wife and, uh, went to the Cherokee village today, went to the museum of the Cherokee Indian. So there was a couple of elders there and I said, uh, today, actually, Tony, this is so weird that you ask this. I-, I talked to one of the elders. I said, uh, may I ask you a question? And he said, yeah, sure. Ask me anything. He's like 90 years old, barely can understand him. And I said, I go out in the woods a lot and uh, I do a lot of uh, human. And I want to ask you about the little people. And his eyes brightened up. And he said, like, have you seen them? Tony, I swear to God, man, he asked me point blank have you seen him? Never met this guy before in my life, wow. and I was like,
0: "Yeah." And
1: he said, "Well, once you see him, you probably won't ever see him again." He started telling me about the history of the little people with the Cherokee, but he said that they were tricksters and stuff. And but I, you know, and I'm and I'm stunned when I'm talking to him because I'm thinking, I mean, but he but he didn't bat an eye. He's like, "Have you seen him?" And I mean, and I was like. What are the odds? And now that you're asking me that, it's just like because it's because it, since I, I saw it, and it, you know it was a, it was at nighttime time too, it was weird. I've always wondered, and I talked to Wes about it, and so it was like, oh my god, you know. And you know, my wife was like, well, you were pretty animated when you were talking to him, and I told her, and she was like, whoa. So it was, I don't know, it's it's odd. And, and then you asked about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, so your your wife yeah. did she know that that you saw the little green man before today? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I told okay. her. I told her when it's happened.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. With with the the guy you were talking to, and he said, did, "Have you seen him?" Uh, what what was his facial expression? Was it like more of a serious, like, "Have you seen them?" Or was it more of a smile on his face, like, "Oh yeah, have you seen them?"
1: No, he was he was like he was more very serious. Because at that point he was real juvenile because my stepson he he gave my stepson he said, "Write your name down and then he made it in the Cherokee language, you know the Sequoia uh, and so he the, but once he started talking about it, he was very serious because he started telling me there were tricksters in the Cherokee legend and talked about how they would lure people off, and he had heard of them. Losing Cherokee Braves, that would come up lost, and they would say the little people let them off. And I told him, you know, what I did, and that I haven't seen it since. And he he was very interested. He was not surprised at all. You know that was what was odd about it. He was, you know, he was very serious. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to be like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna fool this white man. He was very knowledgeable in the way he way he acted. What I felt. Did it something that's happened? Uh, happens pretty often, you know?
0: Yeah, wow, that's that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, did I did I ask you about that and this come up tonight? That is so crazy.
0: That's just nuts. It is. Well, you know, let me ask you a question, and I, I really don't know the answer to this, so I mean, I don't know what you're gonna say. Uh, okay. Before your first encounter, you mentioned that you had other experiences. Uh, would you be able to go into any of those experiences? Do you remember them clearly enough to even talk about?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you want to know?
0: I don't know. You <laughs> tell me. <laughs> is, there, is there anything that sticks out in your mind as a uh, um, something that really oh, yeah. hit home?
1: There was several. You know, my dad was a, a preacher. Uh, I, I told this to many people. And one of the things that he always told us, and I can remember this as a child, was never to play with Ouija boards or any kind of thing where you, uh, where you ask something to happen, you know, like with the Ouija boards or whatever. And I remember there was a lady that would come to my dad's church and I would remember my mom and dad leaving at nighttime and... My dad's sister would come and would come and be with us for a couple of hours. And the next morning, I would ask dad, I said, why are y'all gone? And he would say, I, I'm not going to tell you right now, I'll tell you some other time. And so later, when we got older, 12 and 13 years old, I would ask him, I said, why would you leave? And this woman eventually left the church, and I don't really know what happened. And my dad would tell me, he said she would be playing with Ouija boards and her husband had got killed and she would start talking to him with this Ouija board and stuff would start happening in her house. And my dad would tell me, he said, we would go in to pray with her and there would be footsteps walking up and down the hallway. She lived in a trailer, or house. I think it was a trailer. And he said, we would go in and pray and the footsteps would stop. And it happened five or six times to where it was so out of control. My dad would tell her, you've got to quit playing with this. This is not of God. You cannot do that. And she eventually, you know, left the church. But he took, at that point, he took us and he said, you know, never play with these things. These things are real. And that was one of many times that we, that I experienced a paranormal uh as a child. I never did play with them, but I, I, I knew what my dad told me. You know, I I knew there was something to it. You know, another instance that happened to me as a child is uh, my dad used to raise German shepherds. I love German Shepherds. I had a German shepherd named Adolf. And I got off the bus one day and uh <clears throat> my dad was bawling like a baby. I thought, Oh crap, somebody you know, somebody died and I had had this German Shepherd Adolf I was a little kid, twelve, thirteen years, and somebody had shot this dog. My dad was upset, and then I was upset, and so, you know, it was it was a hard time losing a dog. And So a week later, I spent a lot of time in the woods, like I do now as a child, and so I would start seeing this dog in the woods within within twenty or thirty feet of me, and the dog was dead. I, I believe to this day I was seeing the ghost of this dog. And for about six months, I saw it, you know, follow me in the woods. And uh, it basically, you know, disappeared and stopped happening. Uh, Do ghost dogs come back? I I believe they do. I know know that's odd and trivial. But to a a little kid that lost a dog, I saw him for months, and then all of a sudden he was gone. You know, yeah. uh, I got one more if you got time. You got time? Oh, yeah, I got all the time, yeah. My mom and dad, you know, uh, when we moved to Hamilton, uh, close to within a year of when I saw the first Bigfoot, uh, found, we're looking for a house to, to find, and they found this old house out in the woods of Hamilton. Hamilton at the moment, at the time, is a very rural, very rural area. And so they got this house for like ten thousand dollars. This big house. So they bought some land and moved it into this this land, and that became the house that I grew up in. And what's odd about this house is number one, they got it so cheap, and they got it so far back out in the woods. And so once they moved it to the property, uh, they started renovating it, and. From the time they started renovating that house, we had some crazy stuff happen. I'll always remember that I was always scared to death of my closet. And for a long time, I could not remember why, but then I started seeing things in my closet. And so, once they started renovating this house, they found this mummified cat underneath the bathtub. It had an old bathtub in it. And when they found this mummified cat, they found a bunch of tarot cards. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with what went on in this house, but from that point on, we just had we we had crazy things happen to that house. We would we would have things disappear and never been able to find them, and then all of a sudden, boom, showed up. My dad's keys, to his old truck. So chiblay, got to where every day they would disappear and reappear somewhere in the house. And we'd get in trouble for it. Sometimes they thought we were good, but we wasn't. And, <coughs> pardon me, for a long time I was always so scared of my closet, which my closet actually went to the living room, but they walled up the wall, made a closet out of it. And for some reason I always saw this little girl just with. All I could see was a little girl with black hair, kind of like in the movie The Rings. Yeah. Except she didn't have her head down, just black. And for years, I saw that little thing. And then one day, didn't see it. But my sister had some crazy encounters. And even my dad got to the point where, you know, he talked with my mom if if it don't stop. He would plead the blood of Jesus over the house and everything. It, it, It did no good. And so I remember growing up in that house, and it's just just crazy, unpredictable things happening, and looking back now, realizing, you know, it was paranormal the whole time, we had a little poodle called T. John stayed in the house, and what was crazy about this house, one corner of this house, you could take that poodle, and you could throw him in that corner, and he would kill himself to get out of that corner, and we were out there, he would be out there. When we were in the house, he would be in that house in that corner staring and barking and snarling. Anytime he went in that room, he would lose his crap. Pick him up with orders, he'd kill himself to get out of there. You know, at that point, I'd always ask my dad, can, dad can, dog, can dog see spirits? And my dad's like, I don't know, but something's agitating T-John. So, yeah, I had a lot of crazy uh, paranormal experiences. You know, that's one of many.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the whole Ouija board thing is something that I've never touched. And, you know, I was taught from a young age not to touch it. And, uh, you know, I've never had a desire to touch it. I've heard stories. I've had friends tell me stories of their experiences. And I actually had, um, I'll I'll keep them nameless, but a professor in college that uh, told me that he was working with somebody who – this professor was a biblical professor and somebody came to him that was working with a Ouija board and they were telling him the things that they were experiencing. I'm talking like, um, knives sliding underneath the door when the door is closed and the rooms, you know, they're in the room doing the Ouija board. And, uh, he said that he actually, um, he actually went over to the house one night while they were doing this and a demon appeared in front of him and said, I will kill you. And he said something to the matter of you could kill my body, but my soul belongs to the Lord. And it left. And, uh, I mean, when he told me that story, it was, it was, it was chilling, but it was also empowering at the same time. Uh, so yeah, Mm -hmm. Ouija boards are something that I've never had any desire to play with.
1: Oh yeah. And you know, that's sometimes as a bigfoot investigator when I'm out in the woods and, I've seen ghosts in the woods. I, the woods should have been nobody there. You know, there is, <clears throat> other than Bigfoot, I, you know, I believe there's a whole other realm in the in the woods. You know, you just don't know what's out there. You really don't. And a lot of Bigfoot investigators would kill themselves before they admitted that. But, I, I mean, I've had some just nutty experiences out in the woods like that. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just a... It's
0: an odd little world we live in. <laughs> it sure is. Let me ask you a question here uh, before we get out of here. Um, okay. Now you're in, you're mm-hmm. in the community. You're in the Bigfoot community. You're out there investigating it. Uh, you've talked to tons of people, t- people who've seen them, people who don't believe in them to the people that don't believe in them, the people that are the naysayers. Now, I posted a question like this on my Facebook page, uh, Pennsylvania Sasquatch Research, uh, and it's been getting a lot of hits today. I haven't got a chance to read through all the comments, but I, I posted the question, uh, what, what would you say to somebody who says to you, if Bigfoot's real, why don't we have a body? You've heard that that question, I'm sure, thousands of times. Uh, what do you say to that?
1: Um... Uh. I would, hold on a second. Let me let this golf cart go by. I would say uh, there's a lot of deer that die in the woods. There's coyotes. There's bears that die in the woods. But you don't have bodies. Does that mean they're not real? And, and, and most people would say no. no it's not. I don't mean anything. You know, uh, I, I, I think that's uh, – I think – I guess a skeptical cop-out because, you know, there's a lot of creatures that die in the woods, but there's never bodies found. So, to me, that's a skeptic uh, cop-out. Whenever I'm really uh, accosted by a skeptic claiming there's no such thing, I, I do one thing and I invite them. I say, well, come out. Come out with me. I'll go out with you. I'll protect you. And You go out there and you feel what we feel and what we see. And I've had some skeptics change their mind, but skeptics are good for business, you know, because I believe behind every skeptic is somebody want to believe, sure. you know, it's, it's, it's easy to be a skeptic because then nothing affects you. But also I think one thing funny about skeptics saying that, uh, oh, there's no body been found is every time I've seen a rigged, bossy, boss, boisterous skeptic, it, just flail his wings, and there's no such thing. Ninety percent of the time, they come and they change it too. You know, really? and, you know I, I, I've experienced that. You know, but I don't know. There's a lot of uh, skeptics good for business. I have a lot of skeptics. Apparently, watch my channel, but apparently, they don't believe. But they watch every week. <laughs> 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 not they well, it goes
0: they
1: back must to yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: It goes back to what you said, you know. They, they, every skeptic wants to believe, <laughs> so they're oh, wa- yeah. they're watching your channel because they they're trying to find that proof to believe, you know.
1: Oh yeah, and, and you know it's funny. A lot of them love to criticize, but when I, I say, well, "Okay, we're meeting at nine o'clock, and you can ride with me, or you can follow," I had a guy. He, man, he gave me the hardest time, and then he he met. He actually met me. We took him out, and he he followed, and he started flashing his lights. We got off on of the service roads. He said. Where are you taking me, Mr. Odom? I said, well, you're a skeptic. You want to you want experience what we do. Well, I didn't think you went out this far. And actually, one <laughs> night not in the left, you would not come back out with us, I was like, well, okay, I tried. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't think you went out this far. Oh, we're only halfway there.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you think we just go uh, in the local woods and film? No, we we would pretty much do this. You know, and and that's one thing that I really pride myself on my channel is uh, the guys that hunt with me, I hold a high standard. I hold them to a high standard. I hold myself to a high standard. If uh, on March the 4th, I'm doing that Bigfoot hunt where I went out by myself at nighttime, it it happened. I filmed it. It was a very scary, crazy experience, Uh, but it's real. You know, we don't it's it's very real there's no way you can fake this stuff when you're out there in the dark and you hear stuff I mean it's it's real
0: sure well Jonathan I really appreciate you coming on uh before we get out of here uh how can people find you like your YouTube channel you reference it what's it called
1: uh Alabama Paranormal Bigfoot uh look me up Jonathan Odom uh, on YouTube uh Facebook page is Alabama Paranormal Bigfoot and uh just look up Jonathan Odom on YouTube and uh, the Facebook page is kind of like your Facebook page. We don't, uh, we don't put up a lot of bull. We don't allow anybody to call people, call people hoaxers, We I try to, I try to rule it with an iron fist.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so. the, that's the best way to rule it in the, the Facebook community. Uh, you gotta, you gotta keep tight, tight grip on it sometimes. Exactly. All right, Jonathan. Well, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and, uh, I'm sure the audience is going to love this show. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, brother. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, that's the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Head over to YouTube and check out Jonathan Odom's channel. He has a lot of great videos on there that you can learn from. And feel free to reach out to him and ask him some questions. I know he loves talking with people and sharing what he's learned so far. Before we get out of here, I just want to give a quick shout out to Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers is an awesome artist out of Florida. I actually have two of his paintings in my office right now. If you haven't seen those paintings, you can go to our Facebook and Twitter pages. There's pictures of them there. But I would encourage everybody that loves art to go check out his stuff and connect with him because Bill's an awesome guy and he has some really good stuff. That said, I hope everybody had a great time with the show. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Have a good night, everybody.
1: Fishing, and then we went around a corner, and uh, there was something in the water. It stood up and looked at me and my dad. My dad had cut the motor off, we were just toasting, and got up and just walked right up the bank. kind of look back, and it just disappeared in the bush. And I come across, I come up, and it's sitting to the left. looked at me. It was almost like he was saying, take a picture. And so I got my camera and I took a picture. The being got up and moved.